It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast. I am Gabe DeArmond coming to you this week from Nashville, Tennessee, where I'm about to head down to downtown Nashville with 99,000 of my closest friends to witness the NFL draft in person. We're going to talk a lot about that, Mitchell Forty, back in Columbia uh, running the show today. But before we get to previewing the draft, I want to remind you that Shakespeare's Events and Catering is our sponsor for this podcast. Shakespeare's not only has the best pizza in Columbia, but they will now bring it to you. And I'm not just talking about the delivery driver that's done that for years, but their events and catering service can cater your party anywhere from 25 to 2,500 people for as little as $5 a person. They have private event space at all three of their restaurants. It is free most days. If they start to fill up, they might charge you just a little bit, but it's well worth it to get some Shakespeare's pizza for your party. Whether it's a a work event, a private party, graduation is coming up, whatever you want to do, Shakespeare's is going to take care of you either on-site at their restaurants or at your location. There is plenty of info on the Shakespeare's website. Hopefully, if you've managed to find this podcast, you understand your Google machine and can find Shakespeare's site. If not, go to Shakespeare's.com, spelled just like the famous playwright. You can do that. And uh, Mitchell, time, I guess, to order pizza for your 2,500 friends that are coming over to watch tonight's draft. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I, I think if I put together everyone I've ever met since moving to Columbia six years ago to start college, I might be able to get close to 2,500. So they're all invited. I might be able to get close to 25. They would actually <laughs> want to watch the draft. But... I'm counting like people I had class with but never spoke to ever. <laughs> and whose name you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They're all invited. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, Nashville is, is kind of the epicenter here for the next three days. I was, a, I was down on, on Broadway a little bit last night. It is a ridiculous setup. It is impossible to get anywhere in downtown Nashville because so many roads are closed. They're talking about, you know, up to 100,000 people. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit nuts down here. Yeah, it seems like it. I, you know, in the past, the attendance is kind of uh limited by how much space is available in the indoor venue so they just decided to move it outdoors and now you have unlimited space sort of well that and that may not happen um they are calling for thunderstorms in nashville tonight the the draft is on like a huge metal stage so basically i saw on the news last night if there is lightning within eight miles of the draft like they might have to move this thing inside which is going to be a complete mess. It's going to leave tons of fans without any ability to watch. If that's the case, they're going to shuttle all the media from the media tent they have set up downtown to Nissan Stadium and then bring the kids over to Nissan Stadium after they get drafted. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know why somebody hadn't considered the fact that sometimes in April <laughs> it rains in Nashville. Yeah, it rains like every other day in April across the whole like South mm-hmm. and Midwest. So I don't know. I mean, I, I know that would be a total disaster for you, so I guess I won't root for it. But I'm all on board with, you know, chaos surrounding my draft. Like, you know, give me kids in gas masks and, and you know, maybe a lightning <laughs> strike or two. That sounds great. Uh, but, but for your sake, I guess I will not root for that, or at least until after Drew Locke gets I'm- picked. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I think this might be total chaos and a mess from my standpoint, no matter what. Like, it, none of us, I, I've talked to quite a few other people covering this. 
nobody really knows what's going on tonight. Like, I know where I pick up my credential and what time I can pick it up, and that is the extent of my knowledge about what tonight is going to be. Yeah, I feel like, uh, so I feel like that throw a lightning strike in there, I don't feel like it's going to mess me up that. I feel like a lot of the things we go covered, like unless it's like at Mizzou where we, you know, we do this all the time. It's just like, oh, I know, I know when I'm supposed to be there. I know sort of where to go, and then I'll just try to find the people to talk to. That's just kind of the demo yeah, then, of our job. Then we'll wing it after that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm actually going over when we're done recording this. I'm going to go over and, and meet with Drew at his hotel um, a little bit before tonight. And like, this is so interesting. I actually was was talking with Barry Odom this morning uh, for a little bit, and I I don't think anybody knows what to expect out of this draft, and not just with Drew Locke. Like, I'm not sure anybody knows what to expect with the number one pick. Yeah, absolutely. I think probably Kyler Murray is still the favorite, I guess, from, from looking around, but it's mm-hmm. far from a done deal. Um, and, you know, I, I think even behind him, yeah, there's so much intrigue with – with, you know, the quarterbacks maybe not being quite the, the level of your typical, you know, top five, top ten group, but but with how needy, you know, the league is for quarterbacks, like you, you figure someone's going to move up and take a quarterback or two, but you don't know who. Yeah. You, I, I, I get the sense I think there's going to be kind of a lot of trading. I don't know why I really think that other than that, you know, you have so few. Other than we hope so. Right, and you have so few teams that seem, you know, married to, to individual prospects. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a little wacky. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You always can kind of identify a place where, like, okay, the draft starts when this happens. Yeah. Like, a lot of times we know the first two or three picks. Right. I don't even think we know that tonight. Yeah. Like, the draft starts with what happens at number one. Mm-hmm. Does Arizona pick? Do they trade? If they do pick, do they pick Kyler Murray? I mean, we don't even know what's going to happen with the first pick tonight. So, I, I think it's like instant intrigue because what happens there really determines what everybody else does. I mean, if, if you know, Arizona doesn't take Murray and they take the guy San Francisco once, maybe San Francisco gets out of two. I mean, there's a million things that could happen. Yeah, absolutely. If Kyler Murray's not the number one pick, it, he could, I mean, he could fall a good, you know, 10 picks or so, and that would make things crazy. I mean, you know, I was, yeah. would assume someone would trade up to probably get him, but that obviously impacts Drew Locke and all the other quarterbacks. So, yeah, it, it definitely will be very interesting to see what Arizona does there at one. I think Murray's the first quarterback taken. I mean, we've seen too much for that not to be the case. Yeah. But after that, you've got Dwayne Haskins, Daniel Jones, and Drew Locke. And any of them could be two, and any of them could be four. Absolutely. I, I, I have no idea what order. Yeah, it's it's pretty weird. Like, I, I uh, you know, I know that the, the – the Daniel Jones to the Giants at six or whatever. This is is a relatively recent phenomenon, and I, you know, just tend to think that stuff that comes out this late in the process is probably a little bit more smokescreeny. But but really, you, you never know. I mean, like all three of those guys could be anywhere from from you know the top five to maybe the late twenties, and it's yeah. as late as you know very last pick or two of the uh, of the first round. So yeah, it'll be interesting. I think I think like you know if. For a while there, we were we were thinking, you know, Drew Locke, okay, he's probably not going to fall past ten. But I think, you know, realistically, you you got to be prepared for some chance of a of a bit of a slide down to the late twenties. I see. I still ultimately don't think he gets past fifteen. I don't think That's so. Either, Washington but I think picks. it's possible. I, it, it's possible. One of these guys could slide. I, I think if one of them slides, I personally think it's going to be Dwayne Haskins, and mm-hmm. I base that on nothing. Like, like most things I say on this podcast, it's just like kind of what I felt like saying. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. But, um, you know, the Giants, 
I've heard from enough people that cover the league that the Giants love Daniel Jones that I think I believe it. Um, you know, whether it's Denver, whether it's Oakland, whether it's Cincinnati, whether it's Washington or Miami, I think those are the five teams. I think one of those five teams takes Drew Locke, mm-hmm. whether they have to trade up to do it or not. I, you know, and then I think one of those five probably takes Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, the Giants are going to take a quarterback. They're going to take one of those three guys, Locke, Haskins, Jones. The Redskins are almost certainly going to take one of those three guys. And then I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Dolphins takes the other, but I could also see, you know, like you mentioned, Raiders are a possibility kind of with, since John Gruden's taken over, that's been a complete, you know, no, no one has any idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, you well, know, that's because John Gruden sent everyone in the organization <laughs> home last week. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't trust you to be around me talking about the draft. Get out. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe his time in the broadcast booth went to his head a little bit. I don't know. I love it. I am all for Raiders <laughs> yeah. dysfunction. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, but then, like, you know, the, the Raiders are a possibility. The Broncos are a possibility. The Dolphins, are, the Bengals are a possibility based on, you know, if you get the right fit at, right fit at the right spot. So, I, yeah, I mean, there's just – there really is a lot of intrigue. And then, you know, there's always the chance if – Drew falls past kind of those teams on the first go round. One of them might trade back into the first yeah. round to pick him up, which I think if for some reason he goes past 15 is probably what would happen. And I know nobody wants to be that guy that's been invited to the draft and sits in the green room and has the Aaron Rodgers experience. Yeah. But like that worked pretty well for Aaron Rodgers. Right. So ultimately that sucks for a night. And then everybody forgets about it, and it actually probably is better for you because you go to a team picking in the last eight to ten picks, which means they made the playoffs last year. There's a lot around you. You're probably not going to have to start day one. I mean, I think best one – I hate saying this with a burning passion, but the best thing that could possibly happen to Drew Locke is that he slides and slides and slides, and New England takes him as Tom Brady's successor. Yeah. New England, New yeah, Orleans would be great. Although I don't know if they have enough draft capital to move into the first round. Uh, we've mentioned uh, L.A. Chargers as a, as a good fit. Yeah, yeah, just a team like that. that I mean, that at some may- point, Philip Rivers has to retire to raise his twenty seven children, right? <laughs> yeah, although maybe that'll make him play longer because he has to. He has all those mouths to feed. I don't know. He's got to um, send them all to college at some point. Yeah, but yeah, no, we've said all along. I mean, you know, as much as it would be a little disappointing to to watch kind of the slide, I, if for Drew Lock, the best case scenario is somewhere he doesn't have to play right away, and he can go learn behind an established starter. Um, so if that means, you know, he and I think he even there was a story out this morning from NFL.com where he was quoted as saying, "I'd rather slide to thirty-two than be the number one pick," and, and you know, so I can go to, to a better situation. So yeah, I mean, I think uh, that's interesting. You know, yeah, I, I mean, I think also if he was going to be the number one pick, he wouldn't he say would that. He would be fine but, being the number one pick. <laughs> yeah, probably, but yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think you know if. If that happens and he ends up going somewhere where he's able to, to sit a year behind the likes of, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, whatever, I think that, I mean, really that probably bodes best for his career. So last one on Drew, and we'll talk about some of the other kids, but just call your shot. Who do you think he goes to and, and where? I, I I was asked this yesterday on the radio, and I said the Giants just because the odds are the best because they have two first-round picks. But I'm changing my mind, and I'm saying the Dolphins. I don't remember exactly okay. what pick they have, but whatever. For, 13. <laughs> 13, okay. Dolphins at 13. That's my call. That was what I wrote in my draft preview this morning. Actually, what I think, and I, I'm about to say the second thing I really hate to say, 
So the Raiders have the number four pick, and I don't think they're taking Drew Locke there. Right. But they also have 24 and 27. Mm -hmm. And I think they're going to package those two picks and move up somewhere and take Drew Locke. And he's going to play in, I guess, Las Vegas eventually? Yeah, Oakland, Vegas. I don't know, somewhere out there in the the desert. And that would be a bummer for for both of us as we support rival AFC West teams. Yeah. And, and, I mean, when was the last time the Raiders not only were good but had, like, a competent franchise? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, they looked like there was 25 a, years? a brief minute there, like, one season a couple years ago, and then Derek Carr gets hurt, and it all just it all fell apart real fast. I don't know. And I guess, I guess yeah, Gruden did take – or somebody took him to a Super Bowl, and Gruden beat him. Maybe that was when Bill Callahan was the yeah, coach. Yeah, maybe. Remember. I don't know. It was the Rich Gannon days. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but really, they, I mean, they have not sustained any level of competence for more than about a year or two in a long time. Yeah, and, and I actually – here's my – prediction that I really hate and we'll move on to talking about some of the other guys I think there's a decent chance that Drew Locke is throwing to Emmanuel Hall in the silver and black in the okay. NFL. Mm. because be I mean a I've had some people tell me the Raiders like Emmanuel Hall but b like if there's one thing the Raiders like no matter who the GM is or who Speed. the coach is or anything if you can run really fast in a straight line and play wide receiver they are going to draft you yeah yeah, it's the Davis family thing. I think they just they they love speed. Uh, you know, Darius Hayward Bay was the ultimate example there. But they drafted him in like the top ten. So, All right, and then they draft good receivers like Amari Cooper and ruin them and send them somewhere else where they end up being good. Yeah. So yeah, that's I, I mean uh, Emmanuel and, and we're gonna I'm gonna spend uh, Friday night and if necessary some of Saturday, but certainly hoping only Friday. Uh, with Emmanuel over at his mom's house watching the draft. And, uh, you know, I talked to, to Barry about him a little bit this morning, and I'll have I'll have some more on that, obviously, over the weekend. But I, I asked him if he had ever, you know, been around a guy who had to deal with as much as Emmanuel had to deal with. And he said people don't even know all of it. You know, there's mm-hmm. the injury, there's his dad and all that. But he said it, it was really hard, but – eventually, and whether it's this year or five years from now, you know, he thinks Emmanuel will be better for it. Uh, but I, I asked him, I said, have Missouri fans seen the best football he can play? And he said, not even close. Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree with that just because, you know, this past season he was starting to show a lot more uh, as far as, you know, just doing things aside from just, just running down the field. I, he was, you know, running outs, running slants, stuff like that. And, and then it just kind of, you know, derailed when he got hurt and he never really fully got healthy again. And obviously, you know, that is the, the million-dollar question for him is is can he stay on the field? But I agree. I think he was just kind of starting to, to scratch the surface, and, and he hasn't even come close to having a, a full season where he's healthy and getting reps for, for Mizzou. So that, you know, I think, I mean, Clearly, as the combine and everything, the glimpses we've seen have showed, he has a ton of potential. It's just a matter of whether or not he can stay on the field. I, I think he goes in round three on Friday, but I, somebody could fall in love with him, and I think he has the potential to go in round two. But I, I think either way, he's the second guy off the board from Missouri. Yeah, no, I think he'll definitely be second off the board. I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I certainly am not going to pretend to have researched much past, you know, about the first the first round or so. Okay. Um, but I could see, I could definitely see a team falling in love with the numbers he put up at the combine, his potential. I could also see him, you know, maybe falling a little bit further than we think, just because those same teams are, you know, as much as they maybe get, uh, obsessed with the numbers and stuff, they get so scared by, by paying a player who's not going to be able to play. So, um, but yeah, I think, I think the third round seems 
most likely. I think, you know, second and fourth both aren't out of the question. But, but yeah, I think he'll definitely yeah. get a second player off the board from Mizzou. Well, and another thing we always forget about the draft is, like, just how many guys there are. Like, I saw a mock draft that had some kid from Washburn in the third round. <laughs> so, like, there's so many guys out there that we just, like, I've never heard of. Right. And probably, maybe I haven't even heard of their school. Right. And that's why these guys get paid lots of money to find them while I just sit around and go, I don't know, I'd take this guy from the SEC because that's what I've seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so who's the third guy I'd pick from Missouri, if there is one? Yeah, I probably Terry Beckner, I guess. Um, probably, I don't know. Yeah. Probably. I, I think, you know, he it, – it's hard to say with him. Uh, like, you know, most mock drafts don't really go past the first round, so it's hard to get a gauge of maybe a guy's stock. And also, when we kind of talked to him at Pro Day, he didn't have a ton of intel for us. Um, but yeah. he, uh, he, he may have been slipping a little bit in this process, I think, maybe. Um, but I still think probably, with, you know, with his kind of blend of – of size and athleticism that that someone will, will take a shot on him and, and maybe the fifth sixth round but there's a few other guys who i think could go in that range you know therese hall yeah. uh, i mean i think it's mainly between terry begner and therese hall um but if therese hall had been healthy throughout this process i think he'd have a chance to be that next guy but the fact that he wasn't right like there's just more i mean you've got a ton of game film on therese mm-hmm. But you know Terry Beckner's healthy right now. Yeah. And I don't know if you know that with Tourette's. Right. The injury is definitely a concern. Also, the the, the covering ability, I think, is, you know, he's not yeah. he, he's he's not gonna play like middle linebacker in the NFL. You know, he's not he's not big enough for that. So he he's gonna have to be able to cover people. And uh, you know, that was not obviously a strength for, for Missouri last season. Uh it wasn't necessarily all him, but he definitely it's not like he showed, you know, a great ability to, to kind of lock down tight ends or running backs or anything like that. So that's a concern. Um, but also, I do think that, that Therese Hall is the type of kid who, you know, probably, you know, would it be decent at convincing teams that, that you know, if you take a chance on him, he'll do whatever they, they need him to do and be a special teams type guy. Yeah, I, I think that's Therese's. And really, if you're drafted after the – the third or fourth round special teams is your way to make the lead yeah. uh, because people aren't taking fifth round guys that they think they need to help right away. So you've got to work your way in that way. Therese will, will certainly do that. And that's why he could go sooner because like, look, Terry Beckner is a pretty good athlete. He's 305 pounds. He's not right. covering kickoff, yeah. you know? So, yeah. so Therese can do that. Um, it, really beyond that, there's three guys that, like Paul Adams, Kendall Blanton, Demarie Crockett, I, I don't know. Somebody could fall in love with them and take them in the fifth round, or they could be free agents. I, I mean, I really – once you're to that point in the draft, it's a total guessing game. Right, yeah. That's when we definitely get to the point of people from schools we've never heard of and, and whatnot. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think there's definitely – I think probably Kendall Blanton has the best shot of those three to get picked, although I wouldn't be stunned if, if someone uh, reached up and grabbed Demarie Crockett. Um, I know the the feedback I guess he got from the you know the draft advisory board when he was thinking about declaring indicated maybe not, but then since then he has run a four four oh forty. So you know teams like yeah. that uh, he's he's got the size as well. Um, I I don't know. He said that the injury concerns weren't too much of a factor. So I, if that's the case, I, I wouldn't be stunned to see you know someone grab him late just because you know we've we've seen that that either way he'll get a shot because not you know yeah. you can. Teams are going to pull pull running backs from late in the draft and, and undrafted free agent circles, and it has worked before. Uh, Kendall Blanton, I could see definitely someone taking a chance on him. Um, you know, he he could be a special teams type guy, blocker, and like the 
the uh, the punt and field goal units, and uh, yeah. and definitely will be a blocker in the run game. Hasn't been much of a pass catcher, but you know when you're kind we're talking about a tight end, right, when you're talking a about a third tight end, yeah, that's that's definitely yeah. his role. I I think I'd be it, most surprised if Paul Adams got drafted, but you never know. Uh, maybe maybe like the hometown team, the Titans picks him up or something like that in the seventh round. I, I kind of had the same feeling about Adams. Like I just view him as as an undrafted guy. But when I was talking to to Barry Odom this morning, he brought up a, a point that I hadn't really thought about. He said, I think Paul Adams can play all five positions on the offensive block. Yeah. You know, so if a team looks at that and thinks the same thing, like then you almost free up a roster spot if you take this guy who, yeah, you want to play him at right tackle, but if you need to, he can be your backup left guard and your backup center. Like NFL teams only have about seven or eight linemen active for games. Yeah. So you've got to have a guy as that reserve who's kind of like the Swiss Army knife there. Yeah. And and if Adams can do that, then I think maybe he actually probably ends up getting getting called on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you brought since you bring that up, Paul Adams, he he did say on pro day he he took some you know I I guess drills or whatever you call them those position drills. He did some snapping of the ball. He he talked about trying to be able to show that he can play all over the line. Um. So so yeah. No, that's a good point. I think certainly that would you know, definitely increase his value. And regardless of whether or not it results in him getting picked or not, uh, you know, he's going to have a shot with a team. So if he can show that he can play more than just right tackle, uh, that, that would certainly help his chances of making a roster. And then somebody else, somebody asked me, you know, like who else can get picked up? Like, I don't think anybody else has a real shot of getting drafted, but every year there, I mean, NFL teams start with like 93 guys right. and get down to 53. So they've got to fill out these, these off-season mini camps and all that. I think Walter Palmore probably gets invited to a camp. I think Cam Hilton gets invited to a camp. Yeah. I think uh, um, possible Rashad Nate Brandon Anderson. Could. Yeah, Nate Anderson and Rashad Brandon could both get invited to camps. Yeah. Now, I mean, the odds of making a team as an undrafted free agent are not high. I know it happens, but yeah. it's the exception. Uh, but all you can ask for if you're one of those guys is a shot and then just sure. go out there and see what you can do. Yeah. Is Brandon, I don't know if Brandon Lee's even how heavily he's pursuing pro football, but he's a guy who maybe gets right. a, gets a call for a roster, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, crazier things have happened, but, but yeah, I would, I would be surprised if the people we listed beyond the, what, six or seven we did talked about possibility of getting drafted. I'd be surprised if, if anyone beyond that, you know, maybe stuck around, made a roster, but certainly, uh, you know, there are other professional football options out there even though the AAF no longer exists yeah so yeah um yeah Jordan Harold is tweeting out uh highlights from a Mexican league that I didn't know <laughs> so like you can play football yeah if you want to yeah and it's actual football it's not football you yeah. know uh so are you like a draft guy like I was one of those d-bags in college who like ordered pizza and watched watched every round of the draft really with my, with yeah my no not really I, I I'm usually following the first round um that's that's interesting to me and then after that i will probably not watch it all and we'll just get like alerts when the broncos pick somebody i'm 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 definitely and i'm definitely i just i never was one to get too big into like the mock drafts and and the projections and stuff just because they're so often wrong so i i'm interested by the first round and really usually it's about the first round until the broncos pick although lately that's been sooner than than usual so i might stick around past 10 this year (laughs) Well, and, and the guys who do the mock draft, they get so much crap from fans like, oh, you only got three picks right or whatever. This is not like filling out an NCAA tournament oh, yeah. field where 63 of the 68 spots are no-brainers because 
Like, if you do a mock draft and you have a guy going at three and all of a sudden there's a trade and somebody else goes at three, then it changes every single pick after that. Yeah. So, basically, if you're doing a mock draft, you're basically doing 32 different projections, you know, and the only way the 27th one is going to come right is if the first 26 were right. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely not knocking the, the mock draft guys or anything. Right, I was just right. saying that, you know, I, I just don't think it's something to, you know, be, have me for me that – take up a lot of my my interest in time but yeah i'll certainly be watching tonight uh in large part just to see see what happens with with drew lock so it should be interesting uh like we said earlier there's a lot of different scenarios in play not for just for drew but for all the quarterbacks and really the whole first round yeah so it, it's going to be interesting tonight um i found out this morning do you know where next year's nfl draft is no idea it is in Las Vegas. Uh, I thought that this would be the last NFL draft I would cover, <laughs> but Missouri really needs to find a way to have a first round pick next year. Yeah, I'm trying to trying to think. I could who, do Vegas. Who who who's even who's who's a possibility? Maybe if like Jordan Elliott has a crazy good year, although I'd, I'd be surprised. I think Jordan Elliott's the best possibility. Yeah. Um, I think Yasir Durant's got a chance. Yeah. Um. <sighs> People will say Albert O, but I, I just don't think he's a first-round guy. Yeah, although he might be our best I mean, chance at first. Yeah, I don't know, though. Not many tight ends go that that. that to high. be a first-round guy as a tight end, I mean, there's got to be very few weaknesses, or you've got to be absolutely elite at I mean, you're mm-hmm. talking, you know, Tony Gonzalez, uh, Travis Kelsey this year, uh, the Noah Fant from Iowa. Actually, mm-hmm. they have two tight ends who might be first-rounders. Wow. But – there's only usually one or two at most a year, so it's pretty right. tough. But I would say Durant and, and Elliott are the two that, that I think have a shot. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk to them about that when fall camp rolls around, give them some motivation, say, uh, you, you know, listen, we need to, we need a, a company paid for a trip to Vegas. So. <laughs> Yasir seems like he would come through for me. He's the type of kid who would say, all yeah, right. He would embrace it. Yeah, he'd be like, yep, I'll, yeah. I'll go to the casinos with you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, me, me and Yasir Durant are going to hang out at Caesars next year. So uh, hopefully he's listening. In fact, I will. I will say this: I don't think any of the football players listen to our podcast. But if there's one who does, I think it's Yasir Durant. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> so, all right. So one other thing that I think we just need to hit on as far as Missouri goes, like, so this list came out yesterday of 175 players who had declared and filed paperwork for the NBA draft. And Jeremiah Tillman's name wasn't on it. Mm-hmm. And we are 28, 29 hours after I saw that. And at this point, nobody knows why. Yeah, it's a, like, a bit I, strange. I, I, nobody knows. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's it's a bit of a weird situation. I don't know. You know, all we can kind of do is, is reach out to the people at the university. Um, I don't – I assume they have attempted to get a hold of Jeremiah Tillman himself and ask – you know what the deal is if he, he if he uh you know decided not to go through with it or if he didn't fill out the necessary paperwork i don't know all we know is that his name was not you know included on the list we don't know if that's a mistake from whoever tweeted it out or compiled the list right. that's the we other thing i think we right. need to understand this might just be a clerical error maybe right. somebody just missed his name yeah so yeah that i, I don't know it's that, that it, it's about a 50 50 possibility right now i think between being a mistake on the part of whoever released the list and a, a mistake on their and or willful you know not declaring for on the part of jeremiah tillman right. but right now we have no idea 
And you and I did make this joke yesterday, but like, and now we're going to make it for everybody to hear. Like we just pictured, you know, Michael Scott (laughs) walking out in the office saying, I declare bankruptcy. Like maybe Jeremiah just went out of his apartment and said, I declare for the NBA draft. Yeah. (laughs) And, but that didn't turn out to be sufficient enough for the NBA. That is stunning that that that's not all it takes to get it done, (laughs) to get your name in there. But somebody did tell me last night, all it does take is sending an email. Like you just got to email the NBA. So like, I've got to think, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's most likely, but what seems most likely to me is that somebody just missed his name on that list. Right. And also, regardless, I still think what seems most likely in the end is that he is probably going to be back at Missouri either way uh, next season. Yeah. So I don't know. It, yeah, it, I, I think it's not 100%, but it, it is the most likely outcome. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll certainly pass along whatever info we get on that. Uh, Gabe obviously is in Nashville to draft. I'll be covering an AAU tournament this weekend. But if we get a message as far as what the deal is with that, we'll certainly let everyone know. Yeah. And uh, and just uh, real quick before we move on to really the part of the podcast that I'm most looking forward to. Um, so there are going to be a billion people in downtown Nashville. I have absolutely no idea what Wi-Fi, cell phone service, all that is going to be tonight. I, I'm going to do my best on Twitter and on Power Mizzou to, to keep people updated. But, again, I think the media is just like in a tent. I think we're basically watching this draft on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully we'll have Wi-Fi and I'll be able to keep all you guys up to date. This podcast certainly is going to be posted before the first pick, which is about seven hours from now. But uh, do my best to, to keep you guys up to date. But we're always at the at the mercy of technology, and so we'll wait to see what happens. But – so the last couple of weeks, we have kind of just foolishly messed around with like this. Something has come up where we said, how many of these can you name before you run out of things? And and one of our subscribers suggested that we make that a weekly feature on the podcast. And, and I really like that idea. If Jonah Roberts, our advertising uh, guy, is, is listening, you know, that we can get this sponsored. Like I will, we can sponsor everything. I will start wearing billboards around and things like that. But uh you know, so the the so we're going to take suggestions on Twitter every week for what category we should do. The the one that I liked at first, and it was the leader in the clubhouse, was name football teams that Kansas has beaten this year, <laughs> or, or not this year since two thousand ten, right? Yeah, since two thousand ten in this decade, like they've got a chance to have the worst record of any FBS team in a decade. So. Um, we were thinking about that. Uh, we decided not to do it. I know I could have named Texas and TCU. Uh, I think they beat Rutgers at some point, maybe. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think they beat Rutgers this year. Yeah, I think so. I think the yeah, yeah. Texas TCU. I think they beat West Virginia at one point. Uh, that's, I feel like they should have beaten Iowa State. I and yeah, some teams that, it, I, like, I think they so. beat Washburn one time. Maybe, yeah, they, they, they've definitely the beat a couple. They've FF. definitely beat a couple of uh, you know those those FCS blood donor programs. Yeah, also lost to a couple. So, <laughs> what we decided to go with the suggestion we got was. College teams whose mascots do not end in S. Um, so we're we, and like we have done no research for this. We didn't even look at a list to see how many there were because like we didn't want to come into this knowing answers. Mm-hmm. Um, like we're just guessing and we're going to rely on people listening to tell us we're idiots and how many we <laughs> missed. Um, so do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Uh, up to you. I, I'm, I'm going to preface by I'm setting the bar high for myself because college mascots is my wheelhouse. This is a good category for me. Okay. I, I came up just off the top of the head of my head. I got to about five and then I quit thinking about it and, yeah. and didn't think about it again until right now. So yeah. I may struggle after that. Um, okay. so given that you expect to do well and I do not, I'm going to start and I'm going to start with the easy one. 
which is the Fighting Illini. Like mm-hmm. they're on the schedule every year. Every Missouri fan should get that one. Yep, yep. There's a, uh, there's uh, yep the, the the regional rivalry, the Bragg and Rice opponent, Illinois Fighting Illini. That's a good one. Uh, I will start with another very obvious, easy one in the Southeastern Conference, which is the Alabama Crimson Tide. Sadly, I had not thought about that one. Mm. Uh, well, yeah, you're welcome. Okay, so hopefully you, uh, I'm taking one that you will have because you have a family member that goes to school there, and that is the Stanford Cardinal. Mm-hmm. Yep, that is one of the few that of that that could and maybe should uh, end in S, but Stanford likes to do yes. its own thing. And yes, that was on my I list. I still believe they should be called the Stanford Trees. Absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. Well, if they want to just be still be the whole like we are one thing, they could be like the forest. That might be good. Um, That's not bad. <laughs> uh, not bad. I will go then with Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. Okay, that's good. Um, I'm getting a little more obscure. The North Texas Mean Green. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That is a good we're, one. We're at five, which means we have equaled our record in the WNBA <laughs> franchises. So if you can get one more, we are beyond it. Yeah. And I know I have at least one more. Yeah, I think I got a couple more. Um, uh, let's see where I'll go next. I'll go with the Syracuse Orange. Syracuse Orange is good. Um, mine is the, and this is not FBS, but it, it wasn't specified, so it still counts. The North Dakota Fighting Sioux. Oh yeah, yeah. I actually I, I thought of that one, but then I was I was concerned cuz didn't they have to change that? Did they have to change their uh their mascot when the, you know, we had the wave of uh Well, there Native was American a talk themes. about it. I I think I don't know if they took the fighting out of it or if they Maybe. took the stew out of it, yeah. but I'm, I'm They might have just taken fighting out. Yeah, we we'll we'll, we'll leave that one up ago. to our posters to our our message board subscribers. They'll let us know if that's yeah. uh, if that's still valid. So um, I, I hope you don't just immediately have one because, like, now I have to start to think. Now I'm running out. Of I do. I do have. A, I have a few more actually. Like I said, this is kind of my my wheelhouse for no good reason. Okay. Um, but I'll just ramble for a, a second or two to give you some time. I'll go next okay. with uh, the new employer of former Missouri head coach Mike Anderson, the St. John's Red Storm. So okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I actually here. did think of one. I, the the North Carolina State Wolfpack. Oh yeah, I think I don't think I had thought of that one. That's a good one. We don't we can't be missing Power Five teams. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, that actually just gave me another one because there's another yeah, Wolfpack. That was in, my next. One. <laughs> yeah, Nevada. So there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I I, I thought I had it there. Um. All right. Uh, oh, the the Navy Midshipmen. Yes, yes. I I was saving that one. That's a good one. That is a good one. We uh, love our service academies. That's <laughs> like we're up to like what nine, maybe even eleven. Yeah, we're doing. Point. well. We're near double digits. Yeah, we're doing well. I got I got one or two more. Let me think though, because I gotta I gotta remember. I've thought of these all and then uh, forgotten them. Um, oh, here here we go. The uh, the Tulane Green Wave. That's oh Tulane. Thing. Yeah, that's a real place. Yes, yes, it is. Um, I, I feel like there should be a team out there named the Bison, but I think North Dakota is the Bison. Yeah, no, well, it's uh, Lipscomb is the Bisons. Um, okay. I think though, I think Bucknell is the Bison singular. Well, well, it's plural, okay. but it's grammatically correct. That is Lipscomb Bisons is not correct. Uh, I don't know what they were thinking. Right, but, right. It would be like if a team named itself the Gooses. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to be the geese. There yeah. should be a team with the mascot of the geese. That, the there should definitely. Um, oh. Yeah, I, I think, I think Bucknell is the bison again. We'll leave that up to the to the jury. Um, okay, we'll we'll go with that. I know I got at least two more here that I thought of. Uh, the Marshall Thundering okay. Herd. That is that's a, good. A very that's good mascot. Good. And then uh, Tulsa, the Golden Hurricane. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I, I think I'm kind of out. Like, what's Cornell's mascot? I feel like they might be a Oh, you're right. Uh, they're, the, they're the big red. So, okay. Nice. That's good. That was very good. I had not thought of um, that one. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I can think of anymore. Yeah. I think I'm out as well. Uh, that's pretty good. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to check the tape. We'll have to go back through. But I I think we got like twelve or thirteen, maybe maybe a couple more. Yeah, that. we were we were definitely over a dozen. Which, yeah. And now some somebody has to. It's not going to be me because I don't care that much. Yeah. But somebody has to look how many there actually there are, are. Right. No, that's what we need to start doing. Instead of comparing numbers between like this and the WNBA, uh, we got to we got to compare our percentage. You know, see how many. How many we got out of the total? I mean, we'll still beat the yeah, WNBA. It's, it's we did be not like do well. like a family feud thing where yeah. you know the top top nineteen answers are on the board, and yeah. we see how many we get, and yeah. then some other podcast has the opportunity to steal for big money. <laughs> yeah, if, if anyone takes the time to do that, we uh, you're welcome to steal our thing. Just thank you for listening. <laughs> could we could we get Richard Dawson on the podcast? Is he still alive? I feel like probably not. And Steve Harvey will have to do. Oh, uh, well, that'll be solid. He'll misidentify us. Yeah. It's a different <laughs> podcast. Um, all right. So, yeah, I am uh, I'm meeting Drew Locke about an hour from now, which means I probably should go do that. Um, is there anything else that we've got to hit real fast? I don't think so. I will be uh, in Kansas City this weekend to watch the Under Armour Circuit AAU tournament. There's at least uh, three players who Missouri's recruiting for 2020 who will be there. Uh, may, might stumble into a few more. So. We'll have updates from that. Gabe will have updates from the draft in Nashville. Um, other than that, uh, we'll, I think uh, we'll, we'll pass yeah, along we, anything we get with the Tillman situation. But I think we got it all covered. Gotta thank, yeah, I got to thank Shakespeare's on the way out the door again. There are a lot of singular pizza toppings you can get, I mm-hmm. think. Sausage, pepperoni. Yeah. Um, I think they all don't end in S almost. Yeah. I maybe mean, maybe you... sometime we'll do a, a podcast about all the toppings that end in S. Uh, that, that seems like it will probably lose or just a lot of listeners. All the toppings on the panda pepper pizza, because I'll I'll yeah. nail that. <laughs> we can do that. I feel like we've done that every week, but yep. we can keep reminding people um, if we want to. But we do want to remind you that Shakespeare's will cater your event. They will come to you anywhere. You need a minimum of twenty-five people, but they will cater your party. You know, team building, bonding experience, whatever you want to do. Just get at least twenty-five people together. You can get a good deal anywhere from five to eight dollars per person from Shakespeare's. Shakespeare's events and catering will come to you with the pizza. Um, go to their website, shakespeare's.com. We're working on on getting a, a link, a specific kind of landing page for the catering. But for right now, you can still do it through their main site at shakespeare's.com. Uh, so make sure to do that. Get your pizza ordered for tonight. Even if you don't have 25 people, just order a Shakespeare's pizza. The draft starts at 7 o'clock. It's on ABC think it's still on ESPN, too. It's on, uh, it's on the NFL Network. Like, you can find it. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Power Mizzou. That's mostly where we want you to, uh, to get your information. I'll have a lot, a lot on Drew Locke, a lot on Emmanuel Hall. Uh, we'll try to, to maybe be able to get some stuff from some of the other guys that get drafted. So uh, Mitchell is going to uh, engineer this whole thing, and I'm out the door. So thanks for listening, and we will be back next week.